the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to The Firing Line. The Firing Line radio show is brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside, the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range, CCW Safe, Moppin Financial Advisors, Cutting Edge Bullets for when you care enough to send the very best, Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino, by Evolution Sports in Redlands, and Vortex Optics, Vortex, the force of optics. And now your host, Philip Naiman. Good. Bad. I'm the guy with the gun. Hello, folks. Welcome to another edition of Firing Line Radio Show. This is Philip Naiman. Check us out on our Facebook page at Firing Line Radio Show, where you're going to get the most updates as what's going on this election cycle. Joining me on this show, which is going to be uh, very, very informationally packed. I hope you're sitting down taking notes. I have in studio... Taylor Salveson. Taylor Salveson is one of the owners of Evolution Sports, makers of the uh, AK, Evo AK. Absolutely. Finest AK around. Finest AK around. Um, I also have, joining with me online, Billy Ryder. Billy Ryder has been part of the Veto Gunmageddon movement, one of the initial people involved in that. He's been very involved. We're going to talk about what went on uh, with our initiative mode initiative attempts and joe silvoso from michelle and associates joe's been on multiple times before he's a multiple offender that's why he's been here multiple times before lead attorney for michelle and associates that's right he is the lead attorney if you need anything (laughs) talk to joe silvoso michelle and associates (laughs) what's he gonna do sue me that's michelle and associates lead attorneys for the national rifle association joe thank you very much for joining me good to be back okay so um this week We've all seen some emails coming out talking about the veto gunmageddon effort, an effort that was completely grassroots. Um, I saw it begin like July 25th, and everybody went went as hard as we could on our own as a small grassroots organization. And for those of you out there who spent the time gathering signatures for all the little gun stores that had an entire counter full of nine different petitions to sign who were working their social media and getting people in, thank you for the yeoman's work. You know, it's, it's those are the people who are working the hardest on this. And I want to start from the beginning. Billy Ryder, uh, you were with Vito Gunmageddon. Tell us what went on from the start. Sure. Well, uh, thanks for having me. Um, basically, uh, these laws, the majority of them, six out of seven, uh, got passed on July 1st, uh, Friday, the, um, the weekend of our Independence Day, funny enough. Um, it didn't seem like, uh, just to give you kind of a brief synopsis of the whole thing, it didn't seem like anyone was going to necessarily do anything about it, um, You know, whether it be the various... Um, gun rights groups or anyone else so would you say would you say people kind of just sat back and expected someone else to do something about it yeah in a way i think california uh and even conservatives in in general have become very used to and even complacent when it comes to this stuff we just kind of start taking it now we feel hopeless 
we we just expect it to be battled in court, or we expect the Constitution to come to our rescue. Um, so there was there's a little bit of apathy, um, you know, no one doing anything about it until this this businessman uh, in San Diego named Barry Barami um, decided to uh, file for referendums, and so that's how this kind of got underway. So he filed for referendums. The referendums were to repeal the seven gun bills that Jerry Brown signed on July 1st. Correct, yeah. And the way a referendum works, it's part of the proposition process. An initiative would be people proposing a law for the first time. A referendum is the people trying to strike down or veto a law that the legislature uh, has passed or the governor has signed. So basically what we were up against was we had 90 days from the day the law was signed to collect enough uh, ballot signatures, which would be equal to 5% of the last gubernatorial election turnout. So in 2014, it was roughly 7.3 million. That means we would need about 366,000 ballot signatures. So our goal was really 440,000 signatures because, uh, you know, you have roughly about 20% drop-off each time where someone either signs in the wrong county, they don't spell their address right, or it's not the one they're registered to vote at, they, they thought they registered to vote, they're not, things of that nature. So we were shooting for 440,000 signatures. How do we do? Well, uh, we came up short. Uh, and I think this is potentially one of the reasons um, groups like, you know, the NRA, uh, CRPA, GOA, you know, all the other ones were initially at least hesitant. I know everyone's forming a little bit of a circle, circular firing squad at the moment, but uh, no one's really to blame here. I think uh, this was not expected to succeed from the beginning, if you want to look at this realistically. To give you kind of uh, some context here, um, and you can look at this either way, but Prop 63, Gavin Newsom's proposition, which everyone needs to vote against, vote no on, by the way, because uh, it's a bit of a culmination of all these laws combined. Um, they had to spend $7 a signature. Uh, they spent over $4 million total. And even the last days before his deadline for that proposition to make it on the ballot, he was sending out emails begging supporters. So with even their volunteers, all the money, and someone as high profile as Gavin Newsom uh, trying to get this on the ballot, they were barely able to um, do it. So what we were up against was we had no money, less than a hundred thousand uh, dollars, and of which fifty k was spent just on printing nine million uh, of these uh, petitions. Uh, and so we were trying to do this with fewer volunteers, way less money, and on top of it, we were trying to get nine propositions passed as opposed to just their single one. So. The, the short answer to your question is we ended up with about roughly 170,000 signatures each for, for, for each petition. So we're about 200,000 short each. Correct. If you want some further context, uh, we needed about 440 signatures. You would think out of uh, approximately 10 million gun owners in the state getting 4.4% of them just to uh, you know, come out and sign would not be an issue, but we got uh, 170 signatures, so I have approximately 10 million gun owners in this state. That's about 1.7%. So, well, we only had a 98% failure rate. I think that's actually looking up for California. Right, right, <laughs> yeah. And so we're up from a 100% failure rate to just 98. 98.3. Yeah. 98.3. So, well, I just round. I want to make it sound exactly. better. Yeah, just just a ninety eight percent failure rate, uh, absolutely pathetic, 
pathetic, Billy. We've been banging the drum on this about trying to get people out to vote. One of the things that's um, in Taylor's part of this program, too, you know, you go in to buy a firearm and you've got to fill out that 4473 form, right? That's how you get your, that's how you purchase the gun. You need to sign a voter registration form at the same time because that's how you keep the gun. And um, Taylor, you know, let me just, just since we're talking about the attitude here, give me a rundown of some of the things you've seen in your store when people are proposed with that. Uh, complacency is a, is a big one with people. Um, I, we have a lot of people in our community that did uh, amazing. I, I had uh, a few different families that brought in. Uh, you'd see them three, four different times. They'd bring in, you know, first generations, uh, grandmothers, uncles. They got the neighbors to come in. Signing the petitions. Signing the petitions, right. Um, and a lot of times we, we, we got a lot of people registered to vote in our store. Uh, we had to have petitions dropped off a second time, another huge stack. We'd gone through them all to get people registered to vote so that their uh, signature would count going on to these ballots and these measures. Um, and uh, the... But, you know, you also had the frustrating uh, customers that would come in and just, uh, you know, shrug their shoulders at it. You know, I don't this, you know, you'd get the same responses from that kind of group of people. It's all rigged. It's, you know, I'm not I don't follow these things anyway. And uh, it was frustrating, hugely frustrating, to say the least. And uh, you'd go to bat with these people trying to explain to them, you know, why they should get up and defend their rights. And it was in a gun store, in a gun store, in a gun, in store. A gun store. You have to defend. You know, the, one of the things Barry and Joe will bring you on this, too. I believe that the problem we have in California is that the conservatives and the gun owners are drinking the other team's Kool-Aid. They're not even in our own Gatorade box. They're on the other side drinking their Kool-Aid, believing their crud. That's you know, Joe, you want to comment on that? Uh, yeah, we I see that a lot, and then we also see from a lot of gun owners just how beat down they are. Um, a lot of conversations that I have with people who have run across or afoul of California gun laws are uh, the the end of that conversation is is either they're getting out of the state or that's why they're going to be leaving the state sometime soon. Is it's just a mentality that I'm seeing a lot um, when talking to people, and I do a lot of talking uh, to people about gun laws, that it's a system they can't push against, they can't win. And our senior attorney is fond of saying, if all of the gun owners in this state um, voted, we would have super majorities in the uh, Assembly and the Senate and would be um, a governor who'd be very pro firearms, but unfortunately, we see a lot of that. I mean, just in general with voting, but uh, particularly in California, uh, when it comes to the apathy um, of the firearm owner. The apathy is it? The apathy is a self-inflicted gunshot wound. That's that's what I'm seeing with our group. It is um, they're waiting for someone else. They're waiting for the NRA to swoop in on giant eagle wings, Eddie the Eagle's wings, yep. and fix it all with a magic button, and then they can go back to watching football. That's how it felt with a lot of it in our store was uh, getting people who, who they just really had the attitude someone else is going to do it for me. Yeah. You know, you know not, not the attitude of, of staunch, independent people, is it? Not at all. Not a at bunch all. of entitlement. Yeah, attitude. We, yeah. Yeah, I'm not here. Far too much. Far too much. Hey, folks, we're going to come right back, talk more about this, about what we can do going forward uh, with Billy Ryder, Joe Savoso, Taylor Salveson, right back after this. A message from Vince, the owner of Bullseye Sport Guns and Ammo in Riverside. If you're a first-time gun owner or thinking about purchasing your first firearm, whether for hunting, home defense, or recreational shooting, it is important to take the next step 
and become a responsible gun owner. We highly recommend that you attend a certified firearm safety and training class, one that will teach you the basic knowledge, skills, and attitude essentials to the safe and efficient use of your firearm. As a law-abiding citizen, you have the right to self-defense, and with that right comes an obligation to educate yourself on the laws and safety procedures needed to use a firearm properly. For information about certified firearm training classes, call Bullseye Sport in Riverside at 951-823-0211 or check out their schedule of classes at bullseyesport.com. Because of Bullseye Sport Guns and Ammo, we believe in safety first. 951-823-0211. Pull! Whether you're a gold medalist or new to the sport of shooting, you'll love Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino, where Olympians shoot. Prado's shotgun facility is world-class, offering trap, skeet, and five-stand. And the pistol and rifle ranges are safe and enjoyable shooting environments with professionals there to answer all your questions. Are you an experienced pistol shooter with an itch to take your skills to the next level? Discover the sport of practical shooting at one of the monthly events. Prado hosts ISPC shooting events open to the public every first and third Sunday with Prado Running Gun Club, blending accuracy, power, and speed with challenging multiple moving targets, penalty targets, and obstacles. Prado Olympic Shooting Park is a great place to teach your whole family about the safe and effective use of firearms. Bring the whole family for an exciting day at the shooting range. Call Prado Olympic Shooting Park at 909-597-4518. Online at shootprado.com. 909-597-4518. AM 590. The answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside and cutting-edge bullets for when you care enough to send the very best. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. See this? This is my boomstick! Hey, folks, welcome back to Firing Line Radio Show. This is Philip Naiman, and as you know, Every week on the Firing Line Radio Show, our conversation is going to revolve around firearms, hunting, gun rights afforded to all Americans under the Second Amendment of the Constitution. Our faithful companion in the battle to uphold these rights has been our longtime sponsor, Vince Torres, at Bullseye Sports, Guns, and Ammo in Riverside. We even did a live broadcast with them last week, had a great time out there. But you've heard me talk about the Firing Line Gun of the Month Challenge, created in response to pending legislation in Sacramento. Well, Bullseye Sport is one of the establishments participating in that challenge. Each month for the next year, there'll be a special offer for Firearm of the Month. Your goal is to collect as many as possible. During the month of October, you can purchase a Glock 17 for 517. Glock 17 for 517. More information about the challenge, go to Bullseye Sport. Bullseye Sport in Riverside, where the Inland Empires get their guns and ammo. 951-823-0211. That's 951-823-0211. Or visit their website, bullseyesport.com. Bullseyesport.com. Glock 17 for 517. And with every two purchases, I think you have an option on an M249 saw. I might be wrong about that, but just check it out just in case. Anyway... (laughs) Go nothing out. says freedom like a saw. Nothing says freedom. <laughs> that saws it all. Absolutely. There you go. Hey, joining me back on the show here. I might have been kidding about that 249 saw, but uh, go find out. Uh, I have Billy Ryder. Billy Ryder, who was with Vito Gumageddon from the beginning, uh, getting the petition signed and so forth. Joe Silvoso from Michelle and Associates, the NRA CRPA's lawyers, constantly defending your gun rights. And I have Taylor Salveson, who's in the trenches every single day, defending your rights, trying to inform people, and provide good services there. Gentlemen, thank you for joining me. No problem. So, 
getting back to one of the things we talked about is we've run into this complacency argument. And I know those of you listening to the show don't want to hear about, geez, we should have done more, blah, blah, blah. But it's, it, it, it's obviously not the people listening to this show that are the issue. It's the ones listening to... We should have done more. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. Yeah. It, it, the other people say, well, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? I mean, I, I hear that all the time. But, Billy, let's go back to how you got your petitions out and who stepped up and, and was helping you on that. Sure, absolutely. So shortly after these things were printed, uh, we had guys from all over the state uh, driving trucks and cars down uh, to, to various locations in Southern California to pick up these petitions and start distributing them throughout the state. Because as you can imagine, we got stacked with nine petitions each. The, the postal uh, the cost of this would have killed us. Um, right. So hand deliveries, guys join Facebook groups, figuring out where they can pick up petitions from, what locations they can drop them off from. Once everything was stocked, now trying to get volunteers to go and man tables. And and so these guys came out of the woodwork. Yeah, you know, I'd like to say that I was one of those woodwork guys. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a web developer. I do website design, website management. Um, I obviously heard about the laws Jerry Brown signed. And when I first heard, the way I got involved in this whole thing, when I first heard that, hey, someone was going to do something about this, um, this guy, Barry Barami, the first thing I do is, hey, what can I do to help? You, you need help building a website? Do you need help, uh, you know, any petitions? What might it be? And so from there, uh, I just, you know, I did what I could. Uh, if, they, if they needed memes for the Facebook page, I made those. If they needed someone to man a petition table, I did that. If they needed petitions to be dropped off to gun stores in Burbank, San Clarito, wherever it might be. I did that. Um, I did whatever I could. And um, there's a lot of people out there who joined this movement who did a hell of a lot more than me, um, who sacrificed a heck of a lot more miles, time. Um, you know, if anything, we had a good turnout. We just didn't get enough people like that volunteering. What would you do differently? Um. You know, right now, it, we're going through an interesting phase as these movements go. It's the, uh, the old conservative circular firing squad, it would seem, where, you know, people, you know, a lot of people are asking questions, blaming people. One question I've seen a lot is, well, what did the NRA do or what did this group do? And my response is always, you know, what did you do? Um, the NRA, if, if you want to look at some serious members here, maybe 5 million members. and uh, Nationwide, not in California. Up, Nationwide, correct, yeah. And if you really want to drink the other side's Kool-Aid about, ooh, how powerful the NRA is and how they're just control, you know, all these things in Congress and everything else, you know, we have a, as an NRA member myself, you know, we have a good little bit of influence, but we're not nearly as powerful as uh, the other side makes us out to be. So if you're just thinking the NRA or any of these other groups are going to come and save you, it's, you know, you're, you're, you're not thinking correctly about this. Um Here's, here's what I would say we need to do differently next time. At this point, instead of a circular firing squad, it's time to reflect and it's time to recruit. And here's what I mean by that. Um, for everyone that says we can't win this or take back our state or, you know, we'll never do it, kind of what the guys you, you guys were talking about just a little bit ago before the break, we have a 10 million man army in this state, approximately 10 million gun owners. So let's just put this in perspective with some numbers here. China has a 1 million man standing army. Uh, active duty Marines in the U.S. here, 194K. Our total U.S. armed forces, 1.3 million. The NRA, 5 million members. 
Let's break it down to California. The teachers' union, about 325,000 members. The prison guard union, 31,000. If, if California gun owners just registered to vote and were just a little bit aware, you would have the largest, most powerful special interest group in this state, more people than all those other organizations I just mentioned combined. Um, in addition to that, the last election was about 7.3 million voter turnout. So you'd have even more people, you'd be winning elections left and right, too. But the problem is you have this 10 million man army where each of its soldiers, each of its members, are all just moping around in their garages by themselves, being depressed or angry, listening to talk radio on the drive home from work, feeling that everything's hopeless. And because you have that, because you're, you're buying into this, this notion, you, no one's taking a look at the actual fact that we literally have an incredible army just waiting to go, and this could be possible, but unless enough people believe in those numbers and these facts that I'm throwing out there and actually just, you know, join a group, become active, do something. Um, you know, this, we, this like to re- we like to refer to that as G-O-Y-A, get off your couch, right? <laughs> Yeah, so I, it, it, I, I would say in order to do this right next time, here's what we really need to do. We, we need to um, recruit right now. Okay. And let me let me it, kick this over to uh, to Joe. I appreciate your, your efforts there, Billy. Joe, what would you say we should do differently? Um, I would uh, mirror a lot of what Billy's already said because uh, we can't move the needle if we don't have that influence and we don't have that um, support from the public. Uh, the NRA, CRP. CRPA um, have lobbyists in Sacramento uh, pushing things, uh, trying to move forth with legislation, and it's, it would be way easier for them. We can see a lot of stuff more moving if they can say, okay, assembly member so-and-so or senate member so-and-so, you have uh, tens of thousands of firearm owners in your district who voted either for you or will be voting against you in the next coming election. So if you want to keep your job, you might want to pay a little more closer what I have to say and what we have to say. Instead, those assembly members or senators are listening to other um, groups not too fond of firearms and how they're right. putting Eight. forth their bills, letting, letting them write the bills in a lot of cases for them that they propose, and that's what we're looking at and that's what we're facing when I'll, these laws pass. I'll tell you right now, um, the people I've met in Sacramento on the other side of the aisle, they are not writing those bills. They, don't, they can't. Uh, unless it's in a crayon and on a brick, they can't write it. Uh, I'm telling you, these are written by the lobbies of special interests. We've seen what HSUS has done. They come in with a completed bill and they say, here, push this forward. This is your new job. And these guys just, they just do it. They don't even know what they're looking at. Um, that's why they're under the belief they have to pass the bill before they can find out what's so in the bill. Right? That's exactly right. <laughs> It's unbelievable, our system here. It doesn't have to be this way. And that's that's our whole point. I mean, the numbers, I remember Chuck Michelle, we met in uh, June this year at the CRPA, California Rifle Pistol Association meeting, and we had a conglomeration of all these different groups, Rocky Mountain Elk, you know, Varmin Hunters, the, the this, the that, the 22 people, whatever it was. And, and one of the numbers he shared was 10 million registered gun owners, state of California. Where the heck are they? All right? Uh, they're not showing up. The guys, there's a fight, and you're not showing up. Um, you're showing your backside to the fight. Fight for your liberty, for your own liberty. You know, it took 3% of the population to win the Revolutionary War. We can't get 3% of the population to sign a petition. That's right. pathetic. Right. 
That, that's... And, it circles, and it circles back around to a comment earlier that if you think that the Second Amendment is going to be a blanket that's going to cover you against all of these laws, um, we're still dealing with, on the legal side of things, judges who are appointed by very anti-firearm people who then write opinions that right. create law, that interpret the law very narrowly to, uh, to limit the scope of the Second Amendment um, and makes our job at our office that much more difficult. There exactly. are things you that we're looking at. For- you don't want to go to the California Supreme Court when somebody like Goodwin Liu is on it. Hey, we're out of time. We'll be right back after this. Are you an expert marksman looking for a clean, safe place to shoot? Or maybe you've never shot a gun but want to learn? Well, the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range is the best place to work on your shooting skills, no matter what your experience level is. With 21,000 square feet of indoor range space, 35 shooting lanes, and an electronic target retrieval system, it means no line breaks and more trigger time. The friendly people at Riverside Indoor Shooting Range can answer all your questions about firearms training, self-defense training, firearm rentals, gunsmithing, archery, and more. And for the ladies, the Riverside chapter of The Well-Armed Woman meets there the second Tuesday of each month for women of all experience levels. Looking for a great holiday gift for the shooting enthusiast in your life? During the month of December, get 10% off a full year's membership or 10% off any gift certificate of $40 or more. Riverside Indoor Shooting Range. For directions and info, log on to RiversideIndoorShootingRange.com. That's RiversideIndoorShootingRange.com. AM 590, the answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range, by Evolution Sports in Redlands, and CCW Safe. Spartans, lay down your weapons! Persians, come and get them! Hey, Mulan Lobby Saturday, folks. Uh, what does that mean? It means come and get them. And I'll bet you King Leonidas wished he had a modernized Russian AK-47 in the gates of Thermopylae, handcrafted right here in America with better quality parts and precision assembly. Well, Evolution Sports in Redlands has created that exact rifle. The Evolution Sports has brought the AK-47 to the 21st century by creating a gun combining the historic AK-47 with today's modern sporting rifle. It's the next evolution in AKs. It's versatile and even accepts attachments. Evolution Sports makes each rifle by hand, the highest level of expectation for their products backed by a lifetime warranty. At Evolution Sports, you get the parts and service in one store with honesty, fair pricing, a friendly atmosphere, and outstanding customer service. Check out the new Evolution AK at Evolution Sports, your neighborhood gun store. 490 Alabama Street in Redlands, 909-792-9898, 909-792-9898, online at evolutionak.com, 909-792-9898. And I believe if 300 Spartans had the Evolution AK-47, history would have been different. There's no question of it. There's no question. <laughs> These are facts. <laughs> hey, speaking right there is Taylor Salveson, one of the manufacturers of the Evolution AK-47, owner of Evolution Sports. Um, you know, we're talking about some of the different things that have gone on with Gunmageddon, the petition drive, getting people motivated, and everybody gets angry, they get agitated, and they go home. Um, you know, hey, yep. we've got to go have some pot roast. Gotta, right. Got to yeah. leave. Oh, hey, dinner time. Or they feel go. defeated before they even get up to fight. Yeah. 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 You know, look at Leonidas, huh? Just take a personal walk with 300 of his little bodyguards to stop evil. And and we're trying to get 
4% of the California gun owners to sign a stinking petition. Um, I want to talk about some of the things that have happened in your store that you've seen, mm-hmm. if you will, Taylor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've seen, uh, we, we had a you know, couple customers I've had to deal with throughout this that, uh, again, they just have that attitude of apathy, uh, complacency that basically there is no hope. You know, you try and, you try and get them to, uh, get their names on these things, sign, be involved, get their friends, family aware of it. You tell them all these facts, 10 million of us out there. It's not hopeless. We actually have quite a bit of hope. Uh, we are a strong group of people if we just come together and, and fight for our rights and our liberty in this. And, uh, you know, they has so, so many times talked to me about it's just, you know, the fight's already lost. There's no point. Uh, there's I, I don't follow these things. I don't get involved with it. And uh, it's it's frustrating, to say the least. Uh, what does it matter if Hillary Clinton? Right. And especially since, you know, they're they're in the store. They're trying to buy firearms and. Uh, you hear from you know a couple of them from time to time. Not very often, I will say this, but there are the ones that come in and they're uh, Hillary supporters, and you know it's it, nothing's going to change if she gets in into office. And that's you know, what we they tell say. Them, that's what they say. Hey, we I, tell I them you, everything's going to change. I told you're, the guy yesterday. I said, "Why are you bothering to buy a firearm if you're going to vote for Hillary Clinton?" Right. Why? You, why? Yeah. Just, the, just surrender it now and and get it over with. You know, there's a. There's no reason for that because she is going to go up I mean, in the debate. She she didn't. I I was really surprised that she touched on that in the debate, and she came right out in what the first five minutes and said, yeah. "I'm going after the Second Amendment." Yeah. And uh, I mean, she's not. It's not hidden from 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 the public view. She's she's not ashamed of it. She's coming after it, and she's going to come after it. And uh, the fight for the Second Amendment is is important. In the Court. Absolutely, it's important, and it's equally as important as the fight for the First Amendment, which I think is going to be just as under attack going into that so yeah because that's another way to control hey joe so let's just say that uh, we're, we're unable to to repeal these laws what are we looking at going forward um we're looking at a bunch of things um first and foremost um these laws go into effect january 1st however um they're not scheduled by their own language to take effect um, until sometimes later. However, there is kind of a, a rollout as things approach. The first and foremost, on January 1st, 2017, the definition of assault weapon will change. That is probably the biggest and most pressing um, issue when we're talking about all of this because we're dealing with firearms that I am certain are in a lot of gun safes and the people who are listening to this radio show right now. Um, and you're going to be required to, over the course of the next year, from January 1st, 2017, uh, and up to and before January 1st, 2018, to register your firearm if it meets the new definition of an assault weapon. And basically, what is, in a, oh, what is the new definition, Joe? Uh, the current definition, and let me walk backwards. Let me just uh, go to the, the new definition. One. Yeah. yeah, the current definition restricts a person, amongst other things. Promoting and possessing a firearm that's semi-automatic, center fire, has the capacity to accept a detachable magazine, and one additional evil feature, and I'm talking about rifles here, and for purposes of this, it's those evil features include a pistol grip or a thumbhole stock or folding collapsible stock. And if you picture an AR-15 in your mind, uh, at the minimum, that thing has the evil and nasty feature of a pistol grip. Right. Um, in addition to being semi-automatic, center fire capacity to accept a detachable magazine. That firearm, uh, unaltered, um, would meet the definition as it currently is as an assault weapon. And the way things 
manufacturers and firearm dealers have uh, made and now marketed and sold firearms that comply with those restrictions is they install a device that's called a bullet button or magazine lock. And basically what that does is requires you to use a tool, um, and often a, a bullet tip is used. In that case, that's used, that is a tool, and hence the term bullet button, uh, to remove the magazine. The, mag the firearm at that point doesn't have the capacity to accept a detachable magazine. And so a lot of people have purchased firearms with the bullet buttons installed and have lawfully possessed them for years. Well, our friends up in Sacramento decided that that wasn't good enough for them, and so they wanted to push the line further and say, okay, we're going to redefine this definition of assault weapon to include firearms that do not have, quote-unquote, fixed magazines. In other words, if your rifle that has all of those mean, nasty features I mentioned before, semi-automatic center fire, and one of those additional evil features, the pistol grip, thumbhole stock, folding collapsible stock, doesn't have a fixed magazine, it is now an assault weapon. And what a fixed magazine is, is that it's a magazine that can only be removed when you disassemble the action of the firearm. And if you have a bullet buttoned rifle, chances are your firearm now will meet the new definition of an assault weapon. Dealers will not be able to sell quote-unquote bullet buttoned firearms after January 1st, 2017. And, and neither like will said, private parties. Neither will private parties. These will be assaultants for all intents and purposes in the state of California. All of the restrictions, as we know, on them will apply. In addition, sometime next year, DOJ is going to finally eventually get around to it, I'm assuming, um, put forth a mechanism online for you to register your newly designated assault weapon. Question. Again, you're going to have to do that prior to January 1st, 2018, because after that point, it will be considered a crime to possess it without registering it as an assault weapon. So you can't sell them private party in state. So could somebody here sell it to somebody in Utah? Yes, you would be able to do that. You'd have to send it out to the licensed firearm dealer of course, of course. in the state of Utah to have it sold there. Um, there are modifications in place right now, at least for the AR platform. Um, that potentially would be considered, quote-unquote, fixed magazine. Um, if you're interested in that and modifying your firearm prior to the registration deadline, I strongly suggest you looking into that. Other than that, your options are very limited. Um, you can always have the firearm stored outside the state of California or taking yeah. the firearm outside the state of California. I mean, if you wanted to divest yourself of the firearm um, to a licensed firearm dealer, I would suggest well, doing that sooner rather than later. And, of course, if you want to purchase one of these firearms, that will be banned as of next year. You're going to be, need to be in possession of one of these firearms before uh, January 1st of this coming year. You will have to have it, because after that point, you will not be able to acquire these firearms that meet the new definition of assault weapon. The other thing that's important for people to understand, too, is that when they change, what they've done is they've changed the definition from what you own now. What you own now is a rifle. They're putting you into the category assault weapon. Once it is an assault weapon and it is registered as an assault weapon, uh, not only can it not be sold or traded private party, it can no longer be passed on to next of kin. So it's not something you can give to your child if, if dad dies. It doesn't get to go to child. It goes to the state surrendered for destruction, or you have, I think, a brief time, if I'm not mistaken, to sell it legally, like 48 hours or something like that, perhaps? No, to... you have a little bit longer than that. You have 90 days from when the person passes to okay. sell a destroyer to get the heck out of the state. Right. But, but you are 100% correct. This is not something you can pass down. Um, people are marketing gun trusts, and one of the ways they do that or try to sell people on that is a way to you to, for you to thumb your nose 
at the restrictions and the redefinitions of these prohibited items but they, and the way to pass them on from generation was, to generation. Gun, gun trusts were, were made illegal a couple of years ago. They passed that well, a few years back. The problem with the gun trusts is, is that they don't cover this type of restriction, and so you may be able to pass the firearm through a gun trust, but you aren't going to be able to pass it down in the state of California because that gun is not going to be registered to the person who's receiving it. You'll have right. to get it out of the state. All right. Hey, folks, this is Philip Neyman, Firing Line Radio Show. Um, just just having a great bang-up discussion here. Just the joy, daisies, roses, and bluebirds in the state of California when it comes to gun laws. We'll be right back after this. If you carry a concealed weapon and own a concealed carry permit, you need protection beyond the weapon. My name is Larry Vickers, and I am a retired veteran of U.S. Special Operations, and I now teach law enforcement, civilians, and members of our military in advanced firearm training. I train people to use their firearms in almost any situation, but I can't prepare them for what happens if they are forced to use a gun to save their lives. That's why I use CCW Safe. They offer membership plans for concealed carry permit holders, and if members are involved in a use of force incident, CCW Safe provides expert witnesses, investigators, and the best defense attorneys in the U.S. Yearly plans range from $99 for a single membership to $150 for a dual membership, and special plans are available for law enforcement and military. Members are required to have a valid concealed carry permit and must maintain their permit. Visit ccwsafe.com today. AM 590, the answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino and Vortex Optics. Vortex, the force of optics. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? Yeah, I know you're being entertained today. Hey, Philip Neyman, Firing Line Radio Show. Um, I'm here with Billy Ryder from Vito Gunmageddon, Joe Silvoso, Michelle and Associates, and Taylor Salveson, Evolution Sports. So um, I want to just jump right into this because this is our last segment of the day and so much to know and so much to do. I'm going to kick this over to Joe Silvoso. Um, some of the bills that, that we're facing that are now law that in January we're going to have to face, one of them has to do with ammunition restrictions. So, Joe, you want to start us with that? Sure, and um, since we're on our last segment, and if you're looking for further and more detailed information, I did a series of webinars for the CRPA. They're free for you to download um, and listen to. They go into way more detail on all of these topics, and you can go to the CRPA website for those. Um, but if you if you want to go into detail, and I'm not going to be able to go into great detail here uh, since it's our last segment, but if you want to look at that, you can most certainly do that, and it's free at the CRPA website. CRPA.org. CRPA.org, um, and just look for the webinars, and you'll hear my dulcet tones over a span of three hours if you listen to all three in a row. Um, God bless you for doing that. Yeah, CRPA, um, <laughs> the common spelling. Go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but the ammo restrictions, um, I mentioned that the assault and stuff kind of take effect in, in January 1st of next year, uh, and we'll start looking and having to deal with a lot of that. Um, the, the ammo restrictions really start to roll out. Um, in the middle of next year, because during that time, um, our friends who sell us ammunition will start to need to apply for licenses. Because after January 1st, 2018, you're not going to be able to sell somebody else ammunition without having a license under the current, under the law that was signed in July 1st. And so, if you want to sell a buddy or sell a friend ammunition, you'll be limited, very limited with respect to how much you can do. If you are
are selling more than that, or if there's a business that's engaged in the, in the business of selling ammunition, you're going to need to go and um, get a license. And, Is of that... course, if you're going to want to buy that ammunition, then you're going to need to go to the vendor because there are also restrictions with respect to the acquisition of the ammunition and you having to go and do a face-to-face transfer of that ammunition. And Senator De Leon, who's responsible for this mess, didn't do us a lot of favors because he didn't really specify when these restrictions went in place when it came to the face-to-face requirement. There's an argument to be made that it doesn't go into effect until July 1st, 2019, but it could be read and will probably be read to restrict the sale and require the face-to-face transfer of ammunition on January 1st, 2018. And so by internet sales, um, by sales between two people who know each other, um, unless it's a very limited quantity, um, you're going to need to go to the vendor or the ammunition vendor uh, to purchase that ammunition. But that's not you know. The, go ahead. Oh, Joe, you, you know it's interesting that since you mentioned Senator Kevin DeLeon, uh, he did he did provide one loophole for this law, um, and that would be that if you are currently in the act of hunting, you are then able to sell your friend uh, your ammunition in the forest there without going through a background check, paying the background fee. But it can be no more than 50 rounds. It it, it can be no more than 50 rounds. There you go. So I hope hope your friend's a pretty good shot um, at that point. But keep in mind, when I'm saying the sales of ammunition, one of the things, and and you mentioned kind of a loophole, um, and I I hope it's not a loophole, it's something that I fully plan to exploit. Um, these restrictions, with the, with the exception of the face-to-face transfer um, and the importation restriction, and I'll talk about that here in a second as well, um, but all of these relate to sales. You can still give ammunition to someone else and not be subject to these restrictions. So keep that in mind as well. So if you, if you purchase ammunition um, and you're out somewhere and somebody's saying, hey, John, can I mind if I just have some of that? I've ran out. I've missed too many times shooting the tin cans. Um, giving the ammunition, you don't have those same restrictions as long as you're, like I said, face to face. So let me um, let me see this. Let's say that you bought a thousand rounds of twenty two, okay? And so you had to get your license. You did all your stuff. It's registered. For some reason, they come to your store or come to your house and want to see if you still have your thousand rounds of twenty two. Taylor, you were mentioning that that ammunition's a consumable. Yeah, it's absolutely. And if you come, you know, if you've bought a thousand rounds of twenty-two, you went out with your kids today, you had a day shooting, you've shot up five hundred rounds of that. They come to your house and ask you, "Can we see the thousand rounds that you've purchased?" Well, you tell them, "I shot five hundred. I have five hundred. No matter what the answer is, you're proving is, they're, a negative. Yeah, they're, they're going to say, "Well, this is how fine, we, no matter do, what." Or how do we know you didn't give it to so much? So and so. There's no way, right? It's it's a consumable. It's the same as if they were putting this on a six pack of beer. If you drank three or gave away two in the driveway or how are you? How are you to enforce this? Yeah, and of course, me being a criminal defense attorney, if law enforcement shows up looking for ammunition, they're probably not there to be your friend. So answering any of those questions, I would strongly advise against. But you're 100 percent correct. Um, this is a consumable; it will go away. Um, one of the more clever things, if I can actually stomach to give him um, some credit, is that the database in the Daily Own Bill is only valid for two years. However, Newsom has a very similar um, database that's going to be created when he, you purchase ammunition under his law, but that database goes on forever. And so the need and the practicalities of having a database for a consumable that goes on for an indefinite period of time 
um, is just bonkers and one of the other ridiculous, one of the many ridiculous things for Prop 63, but or this probably a topic for another show. And I can say as a store owner, br- briefly too, from dealing with the Department of Justice directly, they're already so understaffed, it's remarkable. We try to call them up to get uh, advice on how to handle paperwork's paperwork on our end things and they don't have an- we we can't get a hold of anyone period and we are an FFL we have the licensing to handle these kinds of things and even it's hard for us to get answers on these things and and talking to the Department of Justice in the in the time that we have got them on the phone they currently their answer to us is we have no idea how we're going to be set to enforce these laws <laughs> uh, we're trying to get certain vagueness clarified from them they don't know the answer to it and so the the if you think even if you're not someone who necessarily is turned on or off by the fact that you're going to have to buy these cards if you don't think that this isn't going to lead to taxes on the common person later down the line so they can hire more department of justice people they're coming after you guys too for that yeah hey let me just with the time we have left here joe talk to me about the large cap ban um okay well average capacity standard capacity magazine ban thank you circling back yeah circling back around to ammunition really quick um uh, just keep in mind also that while the dealer requirement goes into effect on January 1st, 2018, all of that personal information, background check um, that you're going to have to supply and give to DOJ, that goes into effect on July 1st, 2019. So there's still a ramp up for that information, but nevertheless, uh, come that date, you will have to not only provide personal information, name, address, phone number, um, provide them your photo ID, um, but also the amounts um, and types of ammunition you are going to be uh, purchasing will go into that aforementioned database um, under the both the De Leon and the uh, Newsom initiative. Um, so there's those. But circling back over to large capacity magazines, um, as that term is defined under California law, which is a magazine that holds more than 10 rounds, there will be an outright ban in the possession of those come July 1st of next year. And so we have, like I said before, a bit of a ramp up. This all up in stuff kind of kicks in January 1st. We have July 1st of next year for the large cap mag ban. And then coming in January 1st, 2018, the ammo stuff starts to slowly roll out for the people. But this is okay. a outright ban. There is no grandfathering. There is no, I've had these magazines for years and years and years. And there's none of that unless you're a select few um, who are exempt from this law. And basically I'm talking about law enforcement um, and the military, um, okay. that's going to be kind of it. Quick quick question. Let's say sure. that what defines what is a magazine and what is a piece of plastic and what is a spring? Um, that Does is it actually have to be good, assembled? Uh, for purposes of the uh, large cap mag ban, potentially no. However, you do start to run into the risk of a large capacity magazine conversion kit. Um, keep in mind also that the uh, large capacity magazine conversion kits as that law was passed a couple of years ago, was not changed recently by this bill. And so the possession of those things is still lawful. However, if you have a functioning large-capacity magazine, You're that will be illegal yeah. for you to possess in the state of California come July 1st, um, 2018, next year. July 1st so, or January 1st? July. All right. Yeah, so you have a little bit more time to decide what you want to do and how you want to do that. I know a number of people are are biting the bullet, so to speak, and modifying it those magazines so they only hold ten rounds. Um, well, we use we use hex mag here. We use hex mags here on the Fireland Radio Show, the only true California ten round magazine. 
blah blah blah. But actually, they're a great magazine. But um, you know, guys, if, if I could add a ray, ray of sunshine to this uh, gloom and doom, fifteen seconds. Together. Fifteen seconds. Go. You know what? But the biggest thing I found with uh, this effort failing to overturn these things, it wasn't so much apathy; it was a lack of awareness. So these ammo bans that we were just talking about, that might be a blessing in disguise if uh, people start to wake up when they're paying $25 for a background check for a $10 box of ammo. That's right. So here's the deal. is this this These bills, they put a thumbtack on the couch. So now when you're trying to sit on your couch, you're going to get a little bit, little bit of reminders to why you need to get off it. Folks, I want to thank my guests, Bill Ryder, Joe Silvoso, Taylor Salveson. Guys, thanks for joining me. It's an important, important session. Uh, we'll be back next week. You guys have a great weekend. Thanks for having us. <laughs> When you have to shoot, shoot, don't talk. The Firing Line Radio Show has been brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside, the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range, CCW Safe, Mop and Financial Advisors, Cutting Edge Bullets for when you care enough to send the very best, Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino, by Evolution Sports in Redlands, and Vortex Optics. Vortex, the force of optics. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.